0: From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. So we return to the odious two-tiered justice system, legal and political jihad against Donald Trump, which I still think is going to backfire. But there are legal issues here, not political ones. So we bring in the best of the best, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, and his latest book is the Constitution of the United States and other patriotic documents. Greg, you've been a busy guy. You're doing a great job, by the way. Terrific job Thank you. Thank on you. Fox. We appreciate your time on the radio. Greg, let, I'm going to begin. I want to go back to Fannie Willis for a moment. Um, <laughs> all right. So I have, pre- I mean, I, I, I think they're lying. I think they should be disqualified. But I want to know what, what you think, your, your legal view rather than my political view.
0: Well, you know, Willis was a hideous witness, uh, one of the worst I've ever seen. And, you know, it proves the old adage that lawyers make horrible witnesses. You know, her her lover, Nathan Wade, I mean, that was a train wreck on the stand. And I think he's looking at, at serious perjury charges in his divorce case for lying about his extramarital affair, saying, well, you know, uh I didn't have to be honest in my answers because uh the affair with Willis didn't count since my marriage was broken even though we were still married, so I- I'm entitled to lie about it. Good luck with that defense. Yeah. And then, you know, Fanny Willis, I think, realized the obvious, uh, that that Wade had done great damage. So she literally sprinted to the witness stand waving her Objections, and then she proceeds to melt down in this tantrum of belligerent, condescending rants. Uh, I called it an eerie impression of Corella Deville. <laughs> she, you know, at one point she even screeched at the judge, who then banged his gavel and and called a recess. You know, the the important part is this, Larry. Both Wade and Willis admitted their sexual affair. Mm. But they claim, well, it doesn't count since it began after Wade was hired, not before. That doesn't matter. Mm. Read the canons of ethics. The affair itself constitutes a severe conflict of interest, an obvious impropriety, and a violation of the ethics that govern prosecutors. And, you know, that merits disqualification Now, whether the judge is going to see it that way. A judge is up for reelection and that will factor into his decision. You know, we just don't know.
1: Hmm. What about uh, this business about cash? You know, so that trying to say that she, she didn't give him 700 grand uh, so they could go on vacations and pleasure trips and tattoo parlors and whatnot. She paid him back in cash But somewhere, someplace, there's a banking statement that's going to prove or disprove that. He didn't do everything in cash. I mean, if she gives him all this cash, and you're talking about lots and lots of cash, she says everybody's got—black people have to have $15,000 in cash, which I think is an insult to black people who use the banking system. Of course they do. But the point is, this can be proven or disproven.
0: Yeah, and and the critical question here, and the judge— Uh, In his pre-hearing statement said he was going to focus on this, whether Willis herself benefited financially from these exorbitant uh, taxpayer-funded, lavish vacations they took together, you know, to Aruba and Belize and Napa, California and Miami and cruises in the Bahamas. Geez, you know, were they doing any work? Or or were they just vacationing like Joe Biden? Mm. Uh, And, you know, her cleanup story was inane. It was bizarre. It was, in a word, unbelievable Mm. uh, that she reimbursed him by paying him in cash. How very convenient, Larry. We're talking about thousands of dollars that cannot be traced or corroborated you know no sentient person believes it except maybe Senator Bob Menendez who mm. prefers you know cash and gold bars but the whole thing was so fantastic it it bordered on comical where did she get all that cash yeah. it seems to have wondrously appeared magic money i'd call it and and, and she claimed all oh, money's fungible well, uh, what
1: she what? makes what 110 grand a year On an after-tax basis in Atlanta, Georgia, she might take home—I don't know. She might probably pays a tax rate of about a third of that. So, so that's—I'm now down to like eighty grand a year, eighty-five grand a year, and with eighty-five grand a year and bills to pay and whatnot, she's got this kind of fifteen thousand dollars of cash around on a con. Nobody's going to believe that. White, black, green, brown—nobody's going to believe that, Greg Jarrett.
0: No, I don't think so. And I, you know, I, I, I think an objective, fair, neutral judge wouldn't believe it either. Right. It was, yeah. You know, it was just too fictional. But look, um, they're both in deep trouble regardless of how the hearing turns out. I mean, Fannie Willis is facing two other Georgia probes over misappropriation of funds, fraud, mm-hmm. other improprieties. Her staffers hate her so much, mm-hmm. they are literally up to testify against her. So, you know, she could be removed from office, even face legal jeopardy. And as I say, you know, Wade is looking at, you know, charges that he lied during his divorce proceedings. So, you know, both of them, I think, are in trouble beyond this hearing.
1: When do you think these um, judicial and related decisions will be made, Greg Jarrett?
0: Well, you know, it's up to the judge. Uh, You know, frankly, I don't think he's in any hurry, because I think if he rules that she doesn't have to be disqualified, uh, he well knows that it'll be taken up on appeal, and that's going to delay the trial. Mm. So, you know, this is a debacle of uh, Fonnie Willis's own making. Her poor judgment, her misconduct, has really ruined her credibility. And and you know the the jury is going to know all of this. That right. this case is deeply tainted. So you know the, the, this is a case that I don't see happening this year.
1: Ah, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, quickly, Greg Jarrett. Uh, with respect to uh, Mr. Trump's appeal in this nut job case here in New York, I mean, we've talked about it on the air t- today, obviously. Um, but I didn't understand the uh, appellate court has already ruled that the case should have ended with statutes of limitations. So I just wondered if you knew anything about this. Like, they're going to go back to the appellate court. Which has already said the statute of limitations is ended. I mean, I don't get how they can do that.
0: Yeah, the but certain of the counts weren't included in oh. the statute
1: of limitations, so oh. some
0: counts were tossed out, some counts weren't. Uh, but you know, this this is a case. I mean, this was an excessive, asinine, mm. abusive uh, judgment, and and so that'll be appealed on the merits. You know, under the law, Larry, damages must always reflect the measurable harm. Mm. Here, there was no harm. There was no lost money. Not a single person testified. They were financially injured or injured in any other way. In fact, just the opposite. The lending banks made enormous profits. Mm. So, you know, how in the world you use a consumer protection statute for a consumer harm that doesn't exist is one of the great legal mysteries. And I think the New York uh, highest court, which is in New York is called the Court of Appeals, will eventually knock this down, even though the entire court is composed of seven justices appointed by Democrats.
1: Mm -hmm. It's not as bad as the state Supreme Court, which is a clubhouse nomination because they just stack up the Democratic clubhouse.
0: Oh, yeah. As well as the appellate division of the Supreme Court, which is the trial court That's right. uh, level. You know, Letitia James knew she was playing with House money here. Yeah. Liberal courts and yeah. a liberal trial court judge, as you point out, yeah. he wore his anti-Trump bias on his sleeve. He was arrogant. He was smug. His his ruling, he pronounced Trump guilty of fraud, ignoring all the bank executives who testified, Wait a minute, we weren't defrauded, we weren't deceived. Uh, And and Goran said that Trump falsified financial statements, ignoring that Trump didn't prepare the financials. He hired top lawyers, accountants, real estate experts. They're the ones who calculated his assets. Mm -hmm. And then the banks did their own due diligence. They concluded Trump had more than enough to secure the loans and they wanted to lend him more money. They called him their whale because they made so much.
1: I mean, really, the issue isn't speculation about what something's worth it's what collateral value you have and trump always had more than sufficient collateral value behind the loans and the banks knew that and as you say they did their due diligence but that was always you know all these uh, statements of financial condition had waivers attached to that point that the banks would do their own due diligence I mean, it says that this judge is a complete dummy, but we know yeah. this. All right, this yeah. isn't he, about law. This is about straight jihadist <laughs> politics.
0: It's yeah, but you know story. what, Larry? I mean, this case is another example of how blue cities and states are hostile to anybody with an R after their name. Yeah, of I mean, course. if you're not a Democrat, which is 85% of the population in New York, then you're just not welcome in the Big Apple. And that's why there has been this exodus of businesses and entrepreneurs uh, you know who the hell wants to live in New York City? Rampant crime. Uh, you know you've got the immigrants that have taken over thanks to to Joe Biden. Uh, you know it, it's back in bankruptcy territory. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I left and headed south. You know, people in power like Letitia James are willing to contort the law, mangle the facts, to come after you with a vengeance. Mm. So, you know, what business wants to be there at
1: risk? Here I am, just parked right now, broadcasting from the middle of Manhattan, WABC Radio, I'm not going to tell you where. Well, I I
0: hope you're well-armed or have security, (laughs) because uh, walking the streets of New York City is uh, taking your life into your own hands.
1: Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, and his latest book is called The Constitution of the United States. And other patriotic documents. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Folks, a quick break, and then we're going to talk about economic growth or the lack thereof with uh, former World Bank President David Malpass. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back.